This is the Saxo Market Call, the daily financial markets podcast across asset classes and around the world. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It's Monday, 17th of July, 2023. Uh, Friday's session in the U.S., we saw an extension of this very steep rally uh, early on. Some of the big banks reporting, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, uh, but uh, sort of surrendering the gains all day long and even ending the day slightly lower in the case of the S&P. Um, I think the most interesting thing about the session was that those banks beating on their net margin um, in- interest uh, income, sorry, net interest income reported, and uh, the two that reported the strongest results, Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan, opening with a significant gap higher, but then uh, closing the day lower. So that's sort of uh, yeah, engulfing, in some cases, uh, bar. If you look at the XLF, the financial services uh, ETF, it uh, has a bearish engulfing uh, candlestick there on Friday as we're kicking off the start of all these big financials reporting, and, and also the smaller ones and regional banks, etc. So. I think that was maybe a, little, a sense of a, a tactical bearishness uh, when the financials are performing that way. And of course, earnings season really getting to full gear this week. We have Tesla up midweek. We'll be talking about that uh, later in the podcast. But looking at the performance uh, index, uh, the performance of the various Saxo equity theme baskets, you can see there on slide two, we saw things like bubble stocks performing the worst and mega caps sort of uh, keeping the overall index from uh, too negative a day with the plus 0.3 performance there. Looking elsewhere, we saw uh, the dollar yen bouncing from those uh, 130s to that 137 area, uh, pulling all the way to around 139. Uh, there was a big, there's a big 200-day moving average coming in in the low 137s. We have Japanese financial, uh, sorry, CPI up on Friday, an important sort of last big data point ahead of the Friday Bank of Japan meeting the following week. Um, and my big question is, I look on slide three at the performance in FX is, okay, fine, we have a weak dollar. The, if the Fed's going to get marked lower, if we've seen the peak for the, in rates, et cetera, and we have extremely strong uh, risk sentiment, makes sense. But if we are going to see a significant adjustment higher in the Japanese yen, shouldn't it be a little bit broader is my sort of overarching question as we look forward to these key uh, risk, uh, these key event risks for the uh, Japan and the theme of a major sort of re sort of realignment of currencies and convergence in central bank policy, potentially other central banks peaking out while the Bank of Japan is just starting to get moving in the tightening direction. So things like euro yen, uh, sterling yen, I think could be uh, almost as interesting as dollar yen for a major yen move, if that's what we're about to see unfold in coming weeks. So just putting a question mark around the intensity of the dollar sell-off. Uh, and of course, if we get risk off at some point during this earnings season, I would expect the dollar to to find a little bit of support. Yeah, on that note, uh, John, it's also interesting to see the uh, that there's really still some negative momentum in gold, and I think it's also reflecting how it's behaved last week, that uh, when we had that strong, uh, of the, the, the big move uh, lower in, in the dollar, uh, the gold was actually just uh, trailing, uh, bumping along, so uh, gold's gain last week was, not gold's loss last week was not translated into an equivalent uh, gold gain, so it just highlights well that that it's uh, it's it's not firing all cylinders as a, at this point in time, and really dependent on the dollar. And we got uh, it being Friday, of course, uh, we got the latest weekly update on FX positioning. We don't have any slides today, but do you uh, do you recall some of the any big adjustments? There must have been a huge adjustment in the Japanese yen last week. Unfortunately, the cutoff it being Tuesday, we may not get a sense of how big that adjustment was. But anything else that cropped up in your uh, overall positioning across commodities and especially in FX. 
Only that there's a great deal of uh, uncertainty right now, so it's it's a bit of a mixed report. So net net, they didn't really leave uh, make any major changes in the in the dollar position, which, as I also mentioned, uh, some of that weakness really occurred after the cutoff yeah. date. So uh, so it's probably more more visible in in the in the upcoming report covering the week from last Tuesday. All right. Just also a brief uh, mention, we, we need to mention that that Michigan Sentiment Survey, the, the first uh, or preliminary one for July, was out on Friday and a considerable uh, bounce there. Uh, I don't know what, to what degree this might be linked into uh, linked into the stock market. That doesn't seem to have been that big of a uh, you know swear of sentiment lately, but both the current conditions and expectations with something like a seven-point bounce uh, and the overall survey posting its uh, highest level since, I believe it was September of 2021. So a pretty, uh, pretty strong confidence uh, boost there. All right, and then just rounding out uh, the FX, we saw the Canadian dollar uh, poking back lower. It was actually quite in, most sort of in one of the most interesting technical developments there. So it posted new lows for the year, even uh, hitting below 131 at one point, but then ended the day and the week above 132. Sometimes there is sympathetic action in the Canadian dollar the, directionally with the U.S. dollar. But just that rejection of the new year lows and then the considerable rally. Of course, a lot of that linked, linked sorry, to crude oil, uh, and we did see we have seen a sell-off, which is I guess a bit disappointing for uh, for the bulls here after we had uh, scraped above that eighty dollar level in Brent. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, that uh, big run-up we had uh, during the past week and a half uh, also led the market, uh, brought the market into a bit of an over, overbought territory. So, uh, so pullback was uh, was the the risk of a pullback was uh, was rising and with the uh, the dollar reversing on friday and we had that confidence number basically once again uh, adding some uh, some concerns about the 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 timing of of uh, a peak in rates uh, us rates uh, was enough to uh, to send it lower there's also some some production news uh, that uh, support the market but but overall uh, we we had the growth numbers out of china uh, over the week, uh, uh, this morning and um, again, a week, uh, a week reading, uh, adding to some concerns in the market. So for now, we 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 having broken above seventy eight fifty, really need to see in the market find support down towards that that level. It's also just worth considering, uh, taking into account, uh, looking at the weekly data from speculators that the uh, the week up until last Tuesday there was quite a there was a big jump in in the net uh, length, uh, the, and we uh, and it returned to the highest level since uh, April. So uh, a lot of recent established longs. We which I'm sure would have extended even further after Tuesday when we uh, when we really broke higher. So uh, so just in the short term, the market is potentially more for focused on uh, positioning and adjusting positions than the underlying fundamentals because we are starting to see tightness in the market, which pr- pr- probably will prevail and uh, keep the market support in the, in the coming weeks. But for now, positioning is uh, perhaps just a little bit uh, extended to the upside and uh, leaving the market exposed to the downside. All right. And then in the grains market, that's still that incredible divergence uh, where we've seen soybeans, very elevated levels, and there was a massive correction in wheat and corn, although we are bouncing back here. So what's the focus uh, in, in grains? We've just so much talk in general about uh, hot weather uh, just almost everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, the, the globe looks a bit hot uh, right now, and uh, and and some of these concerns uh, are creeping into uh, into the market. Uh, but uh, in the, just the last couple of weeks, uh, we we saw that uh, massive massive run up in in all crop prices during June, and then the collapse. Uh, most recently in both in in wheat and uh, especially also corn but uh, so I put in wheat today just uh, highlighting the 
that we once again having some concerns about the next, that whether the UK grain deal uh, will be extended. Uh, it's expiring soon, and uh, obviously the coming period is the one where the harvest eventually start to uh, to kick in, and that's really the uh, key um, uh, and key importance for Ukraine to have that uh, Ukraine have the corridor export corridor when all these uh, additional supplies uh, is is being harvested. So one to watch. Uh, we up six and a half percent in the last three days, and uh, look out for that level of. Just around that seven dollar mark. Uh, if we take take that out, then potentially some some further upside. And generally, once again, the market is not really, um, especially when I look at corn and wheat. Uh, traders are not prepared for, uh, are not positioned for higher prices at this point. Both corn and wheat are there are net shorts out there, only being offset by quite a big long in soybeans. So um, so again, if we continue to see weather related uh, worries and this um, geopolitical risk. Uh, then we sh- we obviously have to be a little bit concerned about further upsides in the in the grain sector. Okay, and let's look at the earnings watch this week. We have at least on the highlights that I generated here. Uh, caveat being that I made this may not be the most thorough overview, but I think I got all the big uh, market cap ones that are that are most important, especially the speculative favorites coming up uh, on slide six. And so we have some more financials, especially. Uh, up tomorrow again. Those regional banks, I think, will be uh, very much in focus. The the regional and the sort of mid tier uh, banks, how they're doing, how they're, how they're dealing with those rising funding costs and their guidance, and with the yield curve as, as flat as it is, etc. Uh, but then we get some really uh, the speculative juices flowing on Wednesday with Tesla reporting, as mentioned, uh, ASML, the huge Dutch uh, lithography equipment maker, that's key for all the high end. Uh, semiconductors, uh, Netflix, which has had quite a run this year, uh, etc. Netflix also this writers uh, strike going on, and even actors strike. Uh, what's the what's the guidance going to be there, and how much uh, is that going to erode uh, confidence uh, for the stock? Uh, in the case of Tesla, just curious uh, from my point of view to make sure if if we're supposed to justify where it is price wise, and I did put a price chart in there. You can see. Uh, at these 280 plus levels, we're getting pretty close to the uh, 61.8% retracement of the entire uh, sell-off uh, from those to- that top at 414. Can you believe it? To almost 100 before rebounding, and it's uh, up more than 150% from its lows. Uh, there's that level, and there's the 315 level. But uh, just in terms of the earnings report itself, uh, you know, do we see uh, more pressure on margins? Uh, there's been the story that they've been, of course, cutting prices uh, in part due to lower costs. But is it also because they're concerned about getting the, all of their very uh, significant production actually sold and delivered to to customers? Uh, and then in the you know, it's Chinese market, of course, there's this ongoing uh, huge production from rivals there in China. And then on the Cybertruck, which is uh, one of the future hopes for the company, yes, they've uh, pulled up uh, or they've put out their first uh, produced model, but they do not have a production line just yet for the Cybertruck. What is the guidance around that and the time frame? Some key questions there on top of, of course, just the the sheer valuation that it has attained now after this incredible uh, rally. And then fast forwarding to macro calendar, I think there are a few interesting things to to pick out here. We have the uh, the first, of course, the regional surveys, uh, manufacturing surveys in the U.S. Uh, more importantly, though, June retail sales up tomorrow, and then for the UK, for the UK and for sterling, that June CPI data point very, very important after two months of the very hot core readings uh, on the CPI there, and where sterling is technically euro sterling showing some signs of exhaustion on that sell-off. It reversed from uh, new lows for the cycle 
last week, not, not with terribly high momentum, but still it uh, showed signs of caution and not wanting to poke to those new, to those new lows down around 85, et cetera. So have a look at that. And uh, the, the June CPI will be really critical for the UK as well. Not highlighted there, but it is the New Zealand Q2 CPI will be very important for the Kiwi. Then we have, as noted, that Japanese national CPI number. If we get further hot readings there, the indications of you know whether this is providing further pressure on the Bank of Japan to tweak its policy, most likely only for the yield curve control part, the 10-year uh, band with the you know permissible band that it can trade within uh, on the following Friday. And with uh, VIX levels extremely low, of course, the, the surprise side could lead to volatility here, um, not necessarily that it will, but I think the risk reward is skewed towards more volatility in terms of, uh, again, in terms of reward relative to risk when, when the VIX is uh, hitting new lows for the cycle. But let's see how it, uh, this market brings us. And uh, Ola, you're going off on holiday for the better part of three weeks. Uh, so the, the market calls will be a little bit thin on the ground, and we'll be putting out a couple of special editions. But I'm hoping to record later today a uh, special edition with you that is then released during my absence some further time out in the future. And that's going to be on the commodities market and just maybe a couple of details on that. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I think we're going to do a deep dive on the, the energy markets. Um, <clears throat> it is such a key key driver for, for everything. Um, and uh, we've seen this move uh, up recently. So just just... Just to focus on uh, what what's uh, the main things that we need to watch when we uh, when we try to gauge what happens next in the oil market. All right, good stuff. That's it for today. I'll be back tomorrow at least with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email marketcall at saxobank.com. dot